Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hi, I'm Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is The Best Life. Friends, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. This is Danny J, and I'm doing a solo episode today. Uh, I am in my Cheyenne, Wyoming studio, which happens to be the bedroom floor. And I'm also recording this on Facebook Live at the same time. So if people are on live, they're going to see me sitting on the floor. Uh, just talking to myself to see how it looks. So I'm super pumped. If this is your first time listening to the Best Life Podcast, welcome. Uh, We talk about all kinds of things here from relationships, boundaries, really a lot of boundary stuff, uh, money, entrepreneurship, and I don't know, all the fun things. So definitely check out other episodes. But today I want to talk about the holidays and family obligations. Uh, I was, I have a Facebook group. I'm running a challenge called find the money project and find the money project as a way for people to, I say to find, earn and keep more of the money that they like earn and deserve. And during the project, I was started to talk about since the holidays are coming up, uh, buying gifts for people. And it's really funny about two years ago, I made a post saying simply, you don't have to buy gifts for your family. And people lost their minds. Like literally some people can't, and this might be for you too, can't fathom the idea that you wouldn't buy gifts for someone. And, you know, this really came out for me of a time when there was just no way I could. And I realized that it's not really necessary and we should always be putting our own well-being and financial well-being before trying to appease and make other people happy or do something uh, because of tradition, even though it's hurting us or putting us in the hole. So a little background in 2000, uh, I want to say 2011, um, I was living in Las Vegas the economy hit the country pretty hard, 2008 2010 to 2010. And for whatever reason, it was a little bit delayed for my family. I was a personal trainer. And what was happening in Vegas was a lot of people were losing their homes. And they would basically just stop paying their mortgages and rent and live for free. Um, this was happening a lot because the banks weren't working with people. So what I saw happening was that people stopped paying their mortgages and rent and suddenly they had this extra money and they used it for personal training. So I was hearing all this stuff about the economy wasn't doing well and people were losing their jobs and their homes. And yet my business was thriving. So I was like, well, it's, it's working out well for me. However, after about two years, the banks started coming in and a lot of my clients started losing their jobs or they'd have to actually move out and pay rent again. So they cut off my, they cut off training. And within a month, I lost over $3,000 of income. Um, I started cutting back on 
clients and it started to just spiral downhill quickly. And now it was happening to me. And my ex-husband and I looked for different options. We talked to a lot of attorneys. And finally, we had a close friend who was an attorney and also a multimillionaire. And he said that he said financial 101 for 2011 is you should file bankruptcy and let go of your home. So we went through all of the feelings about letting go of our our stuff because we had worked so hard for it. And going down that uh, path was really rough, mostly I want to say on the ego, but it was hard too when we couldn't we couldn't even make our bills. Like we were putting aside money for the rent for a while. And then we weren't even able to do that. And we had to turn in our car and had a lot of things happen, ended up losing our home, moving in with friends. And this was right after the holidays. We moved in with our friends in January, 2012. So needless to say that Christmas was a pretty sad and depressing one. We didn't buy gifts for each other. Um, I remember just feeling really guilty about that and feeling bad about not buying gifts for my nieces and nephews. But once we got through that day, Christmas day, uh, it was over. You know, the gift wrapping lasts, what, maybe 20 minutes, an hour, depending on how big your family is and how many presents everyone gets. But the unwrapping part doesn't take a lot of time. So, you know, I had to sit through the embarrassment for a few minutes, but really nobody noticed and nobody uh, made me feel guilty about it. And I, it was more on me, right? And so I'm in the Facebook group and we were talking about the financial struggles during the holidays. And there was a few people who were talking about the obligation. And so there was a gal in there who said that the holidays are really hard for her because her family expects that everyone gives gifts. And it's not only that there's an expectation, but they almost have to be matched by cost. So you're expected to, if somebody's giving you a hundred dollar gift, you need to do that as well. And she was spending close to, you know, $1,300, $3,000 every Christmas that she didn't have. And so she decided she didn't want to do this anymore. And she was getting a lot of pushback from family. And so there were people commenting about, you know, you should just tell your family and they should respect that. And she kept saying, yeah, I've tried that, but they don't. Yes, I've tried to say, let's cut back to the budget, but they don't want to do that. And and I said, well, just don't go to Christmas anymore. She goes, well, if I do that, they'll never forgive me. And so I wanted to talk about and validate these kind of things because family dynamics are very interesting, especially during this time of year. And so I want to first kind of bring up the happiness diet that we talk so much about how to set boundaries, how to teach people how to treat you, how to have hard conversations in that program. So if you want to go deeper and you have a lot of these kind of issues, definitely check out, go to thehappinessdiet.com and pick it up and start going through the program right away. But I want to kind of just get back to some things you could do now. So I just finished reading the book. uh, Oh my gosh. It's by Gretchen Rubin. It is, I'm going to have to find it. Okay. Anyway, it's the Gretchen Rubin book. It's about habits. I'll have to look it up, but it's a habits book. And she talks about the four tendencies. And I know Jill has talked about this before, are the four tendencies. And they are the upholder, the obliger, the questioner, and the rebel. And I thought this worked out so well when we come to family agreements and how we show up with our families. So I'm going to use just holiday examples. So an upholder, for example, is going to be the person who follows all the rules just because they believe in following the rules. The upholder in general is going to be the kind of person where you're driving at three in the morning and there's a stoplight and there's literally no one around. You're in a small town and they will still stop at the stoplight and wait for it to turn green. 
it doesn't matter that there's nobody there. They just follow the rules to follow the rules. Versus the obliger, they are likely to stop at the stoplight because they feel like they're supposed to, or if there's someone else isn't in the car, they're going to do whatever that person in the car. So if the person in the car is like, come on, just go through it, they'll be like, oh, okay, I guess we'll go through. The questioner is going to say, uh, if the light is red and there's no person around, do I really need to follow the rules? And then the last one is the rebel. And the rebel is just going to do whatever they want, whenever they want. So they'll break the rules if they feel like it. If someone else tells them that they should break the rules, they'll just stop at the stoplight just to piss the other person off, just to be a rebel. So I thought these four tendencies were really interesting when we we're talking about family dynamics and obligations to family. So I personally um, haven't really had the most fun, I guess, with my family during the holidays. Um, it always felt really stressful to me. I think this goes way, way back to when I was young. My dad had a gambling addiction, and so the holidays were stressful. I knew that if I got gifts, that was putting financial stress on my family. And I also knew that it was just a big deal for them to provide for us for the holidays, for my parents to get us gifts. And it was, and I felt in a way that it was almost taking away from everyone else if I got something. So I always had this anxiety um, around the holidays and even anxiety around opening gifts. I felt like um, I needed to act surprised or I needed to act like I loved it, even if I didn't. I know some people can really relate to that. And so I had a lot of stress around the holidays. And then when I graduated high school and moved out, there was this expectation of come stay with us and you have to be here for Christmas and you have to be here for Thanksgiving. And yet I didn't enjoy it. We didn't, we'd always seem to get into fights or nobody was really, we weren't having a good time. And so I started to kind of push back against it and go, well, I don't even want to come home for Thanksgiving because it's no fun for me. And I would get the guilt trip from my parents. Like you need to, the holidays are about family. You need to come. And so I would do that. And yet I would have a bad attitude. I didn't want to be there. I acted like I didn't want to be there. So I wasn't even fun to be around. That's for sure. And it just kind of ruined it. And so I know that there's people out there who totally feel that way and they go home anyway and they're resentful and they're arguing with their sister, brother, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, mom, dad, whoever, step-family. And it's just no fun. And they dread it. And they have anxiety. And they try to get through it. And so this gal was saying that she just sucks it up. She goes, you know what? It's fine. I suck it up. I buy the gifts. I get in and get out. And so, you know, in my, my head, I thought, well, just don't go anymore. And so it actually this is what happened to me once I got married. I just decided we're going to do, we have our own family now. We're going to start our own traditions. So we started leaving the country <laughs> during the holidays. We'd say, hey, we're not going to be at Christmas. We're going to be in the Bahamas or we're going to be in Belize. We're going to be somewhere else because I just didn't even want to be around. And so that worked for me. And it was kind of an excuse to get away. And also because we had the two families, right? When you're married, suddenly you have to choose between the your spouse's family or your family. And then you're Sometimes people are feeling, um, I don't know, they're angry, they're jealous, they're upset. Why are you choosing this family over us? So I was like, we're just choosing nobody. We're going to go do what we want. Um, and there is this tug and pull to be in a certain place and to justify that. So I started doing that, you know, leaving. It also helped when my brother got married because there's only two of us. So he would be there one year and then the other year with his in-laws. And so I didn't want to be alone with my parents. So I thought, well, we'll just go away too. So this was my um, process. And 
I realized that some of the things that um, you guys have said, well, they won't forgive me or they're going to be mad at me. Yeah, that happened for me. You know, people were mad at me, but then they started to realize that they could do their own thing too. Now my parents, they go spend time with my grandparents or they go spend time with their brothers and sisters or do their own thing on Christmas. Like they figure it out. But I did want to talk about this in the context of these four tendencies to see where you might fall in line and why you show up the way you do. And maybe some techniques or conversations you can have to make it better for you. So I'm going to just kind of tell you what I'm doing now. The last two Christmases I actually spent with Jill's family. Um, I got invited to her family Christmas, which is really cool because it's her ex-stepmom and her half-brothers. So it's kind of not even her blood family, like her blood family as, as far as the stepmom. Her dad's not there, but her half-brothers. And then I'm there as nobody, just a friend of the family. And my first Christmas there, um, and she could attest to this, I just sat in the corner on Christmas Day and I cried. And I had the first realization, I said, they have so much fun together. They play games. They enjoy each other. There's laughter. There's a lot of fun things to do. And this was the first time I said, I finally get it. I finally understand why people say the holidays are about family and they love being around each other. Because I've never felt that I was excited to be around my family for the holidays. Um, and this isn't to say anything negative. My mom will maybe be listening to this or my brother or sister-in-law. Um, I love spending time with them at other times, but if it's the pressure of the holidays that feels different, it's like they're supposed to be a certain way about things. And uh, it's just, we never had that kind of holiday fun, I guess. So when I saw that uh, Jill's family just had a different dynamic, it really opened up my eyes to see that you can really have a good time and you can enjoy the holidays. But if you don't, then why are you making yourself suffer through it? So while I do have some feelings of guilt of not spending time with my biological family at Christmas, I also know that I want to be in a place where I'm enjoying my time. I'm having fun with people that I love and I'm doing something that I want to do. And then I could spend time with my family and any other time of the year. So if you are an upholder, so the upholder is the person who follows the rules because the rules are the rules. The upholder is going to be the one who does want to have that you know, solid tradition. Like we do these because these are traditions. Traditions are traditions. This is the way we've always done it. And those people are probably going to be the ones who are upset if you don't show up to Christmas or Thanksgiving. They're also going to be the ones who will show up regardless, even if they don't even enjoy it. That's probably going to be the person who's like, well, I suck it up because this is what we do. And so when you're an upholder, you probably will find yourself having a hard time or you might not even be able to make any other choices except do what you guys have always done, do what you've always done for the sake of the family, for other people. Um, an upholder isn't necessarily a people pleaser, but they do follow the rules for the rules sake or follow traditions for tradition's sake. So if you're an upholder um, and you have a family member who doesn't want to be around the holidays, I would encourage you to let them off the hook and realize that that's not their, uh, that's just not their cup of tea, that they may not always feel like tradition is the rule above the rules and it's not the wrong thing to do. And if you are an upholder or if you are an upholder and you don't necessarily enjoy what's going on in your family, but you're going anyway, 
I would suggest that you maybe make some suggestions of trying some new traditions. If you're going to uphold the tradition that's there, but you don't necessarily like how it's all played out, maybe you don't like how the dinner is done, or you don't like what, you know, when you open the gifts or what time you have dinner, if you're the upholder and you know you're going to go anyway, maybe making some suggestions or so creating some rules to make it uh, more enjoyable for you would help. Because for you, it's likely that just stepping away from the family or not going or not participating isn't going to be an option. The obliger, the obliger is going to be the person who, and the per- potentially this woman who's going to suck it up, she's potentially an obliger. That's going to be the person who just goes because they feel obligated. The, the word oblige comes from ob- you know, obligation. They're the same uh, root word. So if you're the obliger, you're kind of going because you don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings. You're going because the guilt from your parents or the guilt from your siblings is going to make you feel so bad you're showing up anyway. But I would encourage you to think about if you had people showing up out of obligation, how would you feel? I just know personally, I'm a bit of an obliger. Um, I just know personally If I invited people to my house for a holiday, for a party, for anything, and they were there with an attitude because they didn't want to be there, they just felt like they had to, it would be no fun for me. I would be like, why didn't you just stay home? I would rather not have you here with your attitude than have you here because you feel like you need to. I want people who enjoy being around me, who want to have fun with me. And so if you are an obliger, I would first check your attitude. If you're going to go, because you feel obligated, check your attitude because nobody really wants you to be there when you have a bad attitude and you're just there because you have to be. Second pe- second part of that is you don't have to be. So you actually don't need to show up. You don't have to buy the gifts. You don't have to do any of the things you don't want to do, but um, you feel very obligated to do that. So in, if you're an obliger, I think the conversations need to be around, hey, I, I'm coming to this. I know this is important for everyone, and I know it's important that I be here. Um, But financially this year, it's a little bit tight. Can we make some different rules? You know, I think a lot of families are really into this, and I know we do this at Jill's. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of families. We don't. You don't have to spend money on eight different people. So they'll do like the gift swap kind of thing, where you pick one person and you buy you. You have twenty dollar limit or forty dollar limit. You guys decide your limits and you do that kind of thing. And that could take a lot of financial stress off of people. So they don't feel like they need to buy something for everyone in the household, and they don't need to go into debt over the holidays. So obligers can be tricky um, because they do have that guilty feeling, but also recognize if you're an obliger that that's on you, that you are creating your own guilt and that you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. So check your own attitude, check your own attitude before you go, why you're going. And yeah, I'm trying to think too, if you're an obliger and you have other people in your family, how you're going to feel about them. Yeah, you don't want them. You don't want them to show up just because they have to right? So put yourself in their shoes. The third is the questioner. And I'm also, I want to say I'm an obliger and a questioner. Third is the questioner. The questioner is going to say they're going to do the tradition or show up if it fits in with their own definition of what that means. So if I'm a questioner, I'm going to go, okay, why do we do Christmas? What is the reasons we do this? And if I decide, well, it's because of my own religious beliefs and I believe in that, then yes, I'm going to celebrate it. If it doesn't, then I'm not. Or why do I do Christmas? Because I believe this is spending time with my family and I really love my family. So yes, I am going to participate. Um, The questioner just decides, they are going to decide 
what the rules are and how they they make them make sense in their own head, right? So some people will say, well, Christmas is just a commercial holiday now. And some questioners will say, it's just a commercial holiday, so I'm not participating in it. And some questioners will say it's a commercial holiday, but guess what? I like it. I like how it makes me feel, so I am participating in it. But the main part of the questioner is that they are going to ask questions of why am I doing this? And should I be, does it go along with my own personal values and make me feel good? And if it doesn't, then I'm not going to participate. And that's really where I came down to. I realized that I, I was questioning why why do I have to go spend Thanksgiving with the family? Why do I have to go eat with people that make me want to binge while I'm eating with them because I'm stressed out while we're having these conversations? Why would I do any of this? Because tradition tells me to? Whose tradition is this? And so as soon as I could look and go, this isn't even my tradition, this wasn't even my choice, I am going to opt out of it. That's what the questioner is going to do. And I would offer to you questioners to really take a look at um, are there times when you could bend a little bit and maybe spend some time with the family that you don't see very often. Sometimes a questioner can be seen as selfish and I can, on the defense of the questioner, it's like, well, this is my time and my day, so I get to be selfish. But take a look at both sides and see if there's ways you can maybe give in a little bit and do more for others, but not to the point where you are losing yourself or you're doing it only out of the obligation. And then the last one is the rebel. And the rebel is literally the family member, and this might be you, the family member who's like, nope, not going. I don't participate. This is just a fake holiday, a fake thing. I'm not doing that. I don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. We go out to Chinese food. Um, we don't give gifts on Christmas. We, you know, we do something else. And so uh, if you're a rebel, cool. It's very easy to just walk away from that. But if you have a family member who's a rebel and you're an upholder, you will be viscerally offended by them. And the rebel doesn't care. They're not trying to offend you. They're not even worried about you. They're just saying, this isn't my value. This is not my value system. This is not what I do. The upholder is going to be the one who's upset about them. The obliger may be potentially upset about them as well. So I want you to see all sides of these. So you can also see in yourself and your family members where they are and potentially check yourself and check your judgment against them and realize that not everyone is the same. So I know for me, being more of a questioner and maybe potentially not choosing to participate in some of these holidays, my I feel like my brother is an upholder, um, and he has never said this to me, but potentially could think, well, you know, Danny doesn't care about the family. She's really selfish. She doesn't come to these things, and she should. And potentially, in his mind or my mom's mind, maybe I should. And in the questioner in the rebel's mind, they're going to go, well, let's ask that question. Like, should you? Should you? Should you not? Should you be showing up when you don't want to be? So these are all things for you to think about. I just thought it would be uh, fun to talk about it and fun to talk about it with the four tendencies since I just uh, finished that book and it gave me a lot to think about in ways that I uh, make decisions. And I'm super curious about how you feel about the holidays. Is it something really fun for you? Do you enjoy and look forward to seeing family? Is it something that stresses you out because of finances and travel or nothing nothing really matters. Did you create your own traditions when you got married and had children? Um, I'm just super curious. The holidays are an interesting time of year and not everybody loves it. A lot of us power through and some people 
adore it. They've got Christmas music playing already. They've got the tree up. The whole the whole season is amazing. And so there's such a wide view of what it's like this time of year. So I just wanted to give some credence to it and also to give you some things to think about as the as Thanksgiving comes up, as uh, Christmas comes up, as any other um, celebrated traditions come up where you feel like you need to be somewhere, have to be somewhere and need to buy gifts. Um, how do you deal with that? So with that being said, um, if the finance part is stressing you out, definitely go to findthemoneyproject.com. We have a free challenge. If you're hearing this afterwards, uh, you'll still get those emails. So definitely check it out to help you get through that part of the season. And I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>